Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply. But I'm so sweet and cute. How could you ever? That glare? <laughs> My God, he cuts you like a knife um. right through you. I feel like butter. <laughs> But for some reason, it was like very emotional. Like I would just like come home crying. I I think it was like the perfectionist in me. Ready? Three, two, one. Live from New York City. It's the Who's Your Daddy podcast. Um, It's only half live from New York. Um, I'm still in Portland and Matthew's in New York. And we figured out a way to still make this happen. Yeah, um, I'm traveling right now. I just spent like four days, five days in Puerto Rico, and I have a few days in New York City for a project, and then I am on my way home to see Michael and Puppy and Kitty and to cuddle and watch 90 Day Fiance, and I am so excited to be home. Oh my God, give us a recap. Oh, of Puerto Rico? Oh my God, it was insane. Um, It was so much fun. I was there for the IGLTA conference which for everybody who doesn't know what IGLTA is, is the International LGBTQ Plus Travel Association. So every year they have a convention in a different country, and it really is kind of like expanding and furthering the reach and the impact of the LGBTQ plus travel world. The longer that we're here, the longer that we're out, the more people that are coming out and being like, yeah, we're starting families, we want to travel, blah, blah, blah. The more that it's important to share safety and tips and tricks on how to how to travel as a queer couple and as a queer family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the International Gay Lesbian Travel Association is help, helping to further that and really just provide safety, provide access, and to discuss how we can make the world a better place for travel. What was your favorite part? I love seeing all of my people there. It's um, a pretty small community. There's mm. like a, just a small 700 of us. <laughs> it's not that small. It's getting bigger and bigger every year. And it's amazing. There's is a, it? Did it feel bigger than Milan? It is bigger. Than, it was bigger than Milan this year. Yeah. Last year was Milan. And this year is Puerto Rico. And there's definitely more people. It was the largest convention yet that they've had. So I love it. Whoa. And you met some like new companies, new like contacts because you said yeah. that you met somebody from like copa airlines like i'd never seen yeah, them there copa before airlines out of panama um there was representatives from wow. ecuador colombia brazil um a huge representation from japan there was like over 20 people there from japan which was awesome um oh my goodness all over europe all we over just in japan so yeah next year it's going to be in osaka very excited yay you're definitely coming to that one i'm i'm going to be in at the osaka one we so we were in osaka to sort of like talk about promote discuss and i don't know if you would say like advise i don't know um for like 
six or seven of the days that we were there out of like the 10 or 12. I can't even remember how many mm-hmm. days were there, 10. So that was like last month. And then he was going to Puerto Rico this month. And I was like, I cannot take up this much work. So you are going right. to fly solo to this convention because I want to make sure that I have enough time for Osaka next year. And everybody was so asking yes, where you're at. You will be, I know, I'm so important. <laughs> They're like, only everybody wants to know where I am here. all They're the like, time. They're like, where's Michael? It says Michael and Matt. Where's Michael? I'm like, he's home with the puppy yep. and the kitty, well, holding down the fort. No, that's when you're supposed to say, that's when you're supposed to say, well, just figure out a partnership and you'll meet him. I mean, yeah, a bigger <laughs> Let's part. Let's figure out a way to work together. Like a big, I, I think, thing in this space that's progressing is, you know, content creators, it's a newer type of thing in media. Um, within the last 10, 15 years. And as there's becoming more and more content creators... It just, just does not seem new to me. Right? I I know, but it, but it's still, and relatively, it's newer. Do they still see it as new? Yes. Yeah, We're okay. considered new media. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting. But there's a big education gap in the sphere of, like, what is a content creator? What do they do? And are they professional? Can you pay them? Is it okay to pay content creators... Is it okay to allocate budget towards them? Or do you need to save all of your budget and use all of your budget for professional production companies, um, written media only, old media, and all that? So it's really interesting because you have the old media at like at the table there at IGLTA. And you also have this big group of new media yeah. content creators. And this new media group is growing and growing and growing. And so there's this like difference in numbers that you're starting to see there's also a little bit of bleed over i not only like create content but i'm also writing for publications about lgbtq plus travel so like i'm like hey i'm Mm -hmm. a content creator primarily that's where i make the bulk of my money but i also write right so it's it's kind of weird because you're starting to see this crossover and it's really confusing to companies they're like what do we do with you um and i don't think it should be confusing because i'm like you just need to pay us. Like, <laughs> You're like literally us. anything. I can do it all. Right. Yeah. So just pay us like you pay anyone else and we will work together so I can pay mm-hmm. my bills. Thank you. And pay for my baby. Pay for my baby. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, that's my soapbox. <laughs> yes. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Um, I was working all week and then um, I was just really enjoying just like a couple days at home to like reorganize and revamp afterwards so i miss you but it's been nice to like do some things that have been on my to-do list for a while so but excited to see you on wednesday yeah Yeah. you'll be home by the time this comes out oh no i get home wednesday this comes out thursday so what did i just say i'll be home by the oh yeah um, sometimes I have dyslexic hearing. I heard that in opposite order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, one of the questions on our Q&A today was, when was the last time you argued? Right now? And let maybe? me tell you. No. It was literally five minutes ago. <laughs> oh. Trying to figure out how to intro this whole podcast. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So there's a little bit of delay on here. Okay. Riverside. Oh, my God. One. We're recording on a website. There for sure is a delay. Oh, my God. Yeah, I say something, and then you talk over me. I say something, it talks over you. So already, the format of this is just frustrating for both of us. <laughs> yes. 
If you want to argue with your partner, just talk over each other a little bit and it's going to trigger mm-hmm. something. <laughs> Matthew's right. feeling triggered. We love that. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, when was the last time we actually argued? I don't know. I mean, like, we have small disagreements, like, constantly. Yeah. But I don't, I'm trying to think of, like, I don't, I don't it's remember if there's, really like, normal. a big argument or anything, like, recently. Yeah, I feel like we've gotten along. We'll think about it. The last couple months, you know? Oh, my God. It's like we're married. I know. So usually <laughs> there's, like, some kind of argument where we're just like, oh, my God, I'm so mad at you. And then, you But know, I'm so sweet and cute. How could you ever? Um, have you have <laughs> anyone ever seen Michael roll his eyes at you? Is that glare? <laughs> my God, he cuts you like a knife um, right through you. I feel like butter. <laughs> He looks at me and I, I just feel like well, butter. Don't be silly. Not like a melting kind mm-hmm. of thing. But, don't you know, be you silly. Slice me. You slice me and spread me on toast. I slice you? Yeah, you That's cut me. Very... Oh my God, you can't say that. Oh, no. Okay. No, I didn't mean like literally. <laughs> Jeez. I cut you like butter with my side eye. Yeah. Piercing. <laughs> anyway. Oh yeah, we'll have to think on that okay. one a little bit more. Okay. Um, so like an hour ago, we took to Instagram and asked if people had any questions. We obviously this podcast has been very baby surrogacy focused. And so I wanted to open it up to any questions that people may have had that we haven't answered already. Um, but I also was like, I don't know, maybe there's just other questions that people want to ask us in general. And a lot of podcasts that I enjoy listening to are just like random questions that people have and that they get answered. So most of these are about us. Um, but let's, let's just kick it off. Um, the first question, how did you pick your egg donor? That is a great question. Okay. Yeah. I have to think back, what, like a year and a half ago, almost that we're checking out egg donors and trying to figure it out. We, we're looking at databases and I remember just digging through a bunch of egg donor databases. I know you're not supposed to technically like go Mm -hmm. to Google for a lot of your surrogacy needs, but I went to Google and I was searching like egg donation, egg donation, um, uh, agencies, egg donation databases. Mm -hmm. And I just started searching and thumbing through and seeing like, Oh, this is what a profile looks like. And, Here's like different things that you can look at for an egg donor. Like you can see um, pictures of them for one. We were talking about like uh, if you're looking for a sperm donor, usually you can only see baby photos of them. But if you're looking for an egg, yeah. donor, then you can see a lot more photos of them typically. I mean, at least we did. We got to see like baby, toddler, you know, what whatever they wanted to share, they could share. Right. Um, yeah. So some people had more photos than others. Some people had like three photos and it was like baby, toddler, adult, or like five pictures of them as an adult. Right. And I would say that I think the first deciding factor for egg donor for us was whether or not we were going to do frozen egg donation or fresh egg donation. Um, You can look at a lot of databases online of frozen eggs uh, but what we had learned was that if you if you do the embryo creation with frozen eggs, you have a lot less likely chance of creating embryos from that 
than if you were to do a fresh donation. There's, there's a higher success rate with mm. a fresh donation. So even though you're you're going to save money going with a frozen egg database, you're you're going to maybe have to do it again or you know keep trying. So we went with, we went with fresh, and we knew that we had to like find somebody who was willing to donate eggs now, and that really limits your pool of options. Mm-hmm. Just like Wendy's, where you know we wanted fresh, never frozen. So that's where we went. I do <laughs> not like that comparison at all. Wow, I'm offended. Oh, I'm not even, I don't even Um, have eggs and I'm offended. Oh my God. Um, so yeah, no, we were, yeah, we were looking for like a, a fresh, I guess is what they would call it. Fresh donation. Um, and you just sort of like search different databases, either with an agency or a clinic or an outside like organization they fill out or they should, they should fill out like a pretty robust questionnaire that includes family medical history. Um, So that's always something to think about too. It's like if they have a lot of like genetic diseases or like everybody in their family has, I don't know, uncontrolled diabetes or something. I don't know. Something that like maybe you could put your kid at a genetic, yeah, genetic predisposition for something. So usually I think the first thing is like health and then the second thing could be physical appearance. It kind of just depends if you care or if you have a preference. Um, there's yeah, there's want like them to, to maybe figure out like, hey, do you want to have a baby that kind of looks like a little bit of both of us to try to keep that cohesive? There's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's totally fair for a family to kind of consider that. Um, just in the sense yeah. that they don't want their child to be growing up thinking that they're like looking extremely different from either one of the parents in a way that could, that could be a concern or something that they're looking at mm-hmm. when they're choosing an egg donor. Um, there's also kind of like cultural sensitivities that can come into play. Um, if you're having a baby mm-hmm. of a different race from a different part of the world, that there's potential that you need to like, really research and learn about like that culture so that you can teach that to, you know, when, when your kid has questions about it, that's going to be um, something that's really important. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. And then we ended up doing an, an interview with two people that we had kind of like narrowed it down with. And then I think that sort of just solidified it because it was like personality, how they answered questions what their demeanor was like, blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, that's kind of how we ended up with our egg donor. And I think, I think that's pretty standard. So it's a lot of, of like, how does it, you know, just how do you react? Like, what is the, what's your gut feeling when you like see this person's profile, read their family history, read their answers to the questions. And then if you can interview them, which I guess is kind of rare, um, I would 100% suggest doing that. Oh, um, yeah. And then you that get a feel great. for how invested they are in the process. Do they want to be like involved afterwards? Um, do they want it to be like more of an open or closed relationship? A lot of people are just closed. Like they're just like, thank you for the egg. See you later. Bye. Um, other people want a little bit more, I don't know, of a personal relationship. So I think for that's us, how we picked our egg donor. A little bit of what like her personality was like. In that interview, that was a huge um, 
deciding factor for us because we're like, whoa, okay, we really like this person's personality. We're conversing with them well. We get along with them well. This is this is all positive signs. Of course, like personality isn't something that's like genetically carried over exactly, but you can pass on specific mm-hmm. traits. So it's a little bit of nature and nurture in there. Um, but yeah, yeah no, no, totally. I, I just loved having like a better idea of like who this person is and, and what they're like and what potentially um, a, a, an offspring from this person would look like. Yeah. Question number two. I don't even think I have an answer for this, even though I wrote these questions down like 30 minutes ago. The biggest regret in life so far. Oh, my God. What is your biggest regret in life so far? This one might be an easy, this might be a cop out. I don't know. But I'm going to say not coming out sooner for mine. Um, I just like Mm -hmm. look back and think back. And I know a lot of people say like, oh, I have no regrets. Like I totally am happy with all of my decisions and I stand by myself 100%. (laughs) I am not that person. Okay. Like. I so wish that I was out in high school. I think there are so many experiences that I would have really appreciated having in high school. Like, I don't know, dating from a younger age. I think it would have saved my mental health hugely throughout high school if I had, like, come out Mm. sooner. You know? It's just one of those things. What if you, like, like, got bullied? Yeah. So that's that's a good point. This is all what if, and there's no way of knowing. I probably would have gotten bullied. But maybe I would have been happier not living in secret all the time. I don't think I have like a biggest regret. Like I can't, I don't think of, I don't think of like one thing. Well, actually, okay, no, here's my biggest regret. I, my biggest regret is not doing a study abroad. Mm. That's my biggest regret. Yeah. Because that's something that like very easily, like, well, not very easily. I, to me, everything just seemed expensive. Like, and I was like, I don't know who's paying for this. There's no way my parents are going to pay for this. I can't pay for this. And like, yeah. with what time? Like, each summer I worked uh-huh. to like pay for my rent, and I didn't even like make enough money throughout the summer to like carry much into the fall. It was just like I was just like working to s- subside or like sustain, working to live to sustain yeah. life, but. I wish, yeah, I would have taken like, you know, I don't know, spent that five or $6,000 or whatever it costs to like go study abroad somewhere and experience that during college. I mean, I'd traveled out of the country like before college. And so it's like, it's not like I was, it was missing out on my first international experience, but right. that's something that if I had the opportunity, I would go back and redo for sure. Yeah, and I think about um, having kids in the future and then them perhaps wanting to study abroad. And I even now am thinking like, no, don't go away. Like, you know, like I, I, I oh, would really I would have loved to have studied abroad in high school. Um, and it's just really like heart wrenching to think about oh. my future child going away for a year um, during. Yeah, high but school. I was thinking about college. Well, that too, but I think it's such a oh, yeah. incredible experience to study abroad during high school and maybe even more so than in college, perhaps. I think it's like a super enriching and character building oh. experience that is one of those things that is irreplaceable, invaluable. Like, I don't know. You I just wonder about probably, it. Probably. Well, one, I don't know. Of, I don't know of anybody who did that. Oh, the, really? From oh, the US yeah. out? Yeah. Oh yes, yes, yes. No. I, I had I knew people in high school who did that, definitely. 
Really? I knew people in college, but I didn't even know that was an option in high school. I, I just knew that people came here. Like right. we had multiple foreign exchange students here. No, it was an exchange program. In this in tiny days. town of 6,000. Through Rotary. Rotary oh. Club. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, weird. Um, I also just saw this thing where people, uh, there's this, I don't know if it's a company or nonprofit or what you would call it, but they're offering like uh, domestic exchange programs where like people from big cities specifically go to like small towns uh, to like get a different feel for the U.S. Oh my God, keep me away from that. No, thank you. <laughs> mm. Oh, it's that show uh, Paris Hilton and Simple Life. They're trying to bring back the simple life. Just like um, I don't think it's I don't think it's like that. I don't. <laughs> all the kids were like, I'm sure it's great. I, I can't I can't be banging on this organization or what they're doing. Wonderful, great, awesome things, cool. But I'm just thinking about <laughs> these kids and these big cities, and they're just sending them out to like the bum ass middle of nowhere and being like, No, they yeah. literally are. So we're just removing all of the fun aspects of traveling and, and studying abroad in a different country. And we're just going to to put <laughs> you in the middle of nowhere in your own country. Okay, Isolated. great. I will, I will note that that is not an option for our children. <laughs> that is absolutely not an option for our children. Oh, my God. No, it's fair. I... Uh, if they're studying abroad, I want it to be somewhere like interesting where I can go visit. <laughs> For selfish reasons, right? Yes, of course. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I mean, they sent kids from like the Bay Area, like to Kansas. So, yeah, no, I've already been there, happen. done that. And uh, yeah, me too. I went from Seattle to Nebraska. And our kids are going to get years. that exposure. And our kids are going to get that exposure just visiting my family. So, right. You know, we're good. We're, we're good. Moving on. We're good. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Okay. Oh, cute. This is um, the next question's cute. Do you have the usernames written down? I think it'd be nice to like list the usernames along with these questions. I do not have the usernames written down. That's okay. I can find them. I can bring it up on Instagram right now. Do not worry. Sorry. As... It's okay. Um, we decided that we needed to film something and asked the questions of Instagram and set everything up. Uh, within like two hours, so yeah, I missed a few. Uh, I missed a few things on the checklist that that maybe I could have done. <laughs> okay, so um, the, the how the first oh, question was from Alex oh. Bowers. Thank you. 
Thank you. The anticipation. I know, sorry. I'm just scrolling through <laughs> looking. B. Riley oh Mitchell asks There's who's only the like... to apologize after an argument. That was a, you know. Okay, great. That's later on the list, Matthew. Look, I'm looking at the, where's the argument one? I don't see the argument one. I'm trying to oh help. My God. It doesn't matter. I'm. We're on biggest regret. Figure All it right. out. Biggest. I don't even see biggest regret. Land this plane. Picking up questions. <laughs> you were doing so good at this. Thank you. <laughs> do you still have it up? Have what up? How do you show your love to Matt? Oh my God. The 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 usernames. <sighs> no. This is like a match game. I have to scroll through and find everything. There's a lot of questions on here. It's really stressful. And I have like a timer going. This is like, I don't like this. I don't like it. Oh my God. Like, why are these questions not here? Don't worry. I'll sit here and wait. What was the question again? I'm so excited that you decided that we needed to know everybody's username. I'm sorry. What is the question again? <laughs> the question is, how do you show your love to Matt? Put your phone down. Okay. Oh, my God. Put your phone down. It's down. It's, I literally see you looking at it. Oh, oh, I got it. Okay. Mariam, Mar- Mariam1999 asks, Michael, how do you show Killing your love it. to Matt? <laughs> so it's Mariam1999. Uh, I let him, I just let him do whatever he wants. <laughs> just like this situation here where it takes me like five minutes to yeah where he's like let's look time. up everybody's name and i'm like okay fine go ahead love you do it <laughs> i think you show your I'm love going to puerto me. rico okay I great i love you do it me. you laugh with me you clean things for me um you also say nice things to me. You say I'm cute. You talk in like a baby voice to me, which is like sometimes I weird. Most of the time cute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You check in with me. You're like, how are you? And then, oh, a big thing is when we're like mad at each other or whatever. And your inclination is to just like walk away and not engage because you just need time to cool off you're like you actually like come up to me and you're like okay let's talk and it's that that's oh afterwards yeah because i know it's like you don't like to do that but then you do it because you know i need that kind of interaction in order to Mm. and solve a problem Mm. or argument oh wow okay i love you baby okay well, thank you for ask, answering the question of how I show my love to you. <laughs> um, they didn't. They don't care how you show your love to me. I guess so. It was one sided, right? Yeah, obviously. But basically, Matthew cooks food for me and feeds me, and that's how he shows us. <laughs> that's it. Wow. Yeah. Next question. My belly. He keeps tries to keep my belly full. <laughs> Next question. Okay. Uh, coffee or tea? Easy coffee. Coffee. Every time. Right now. I am in New York City for coffee. That is why I'm here. So yeah. coffee every time. Mm-hmm. As I was writing this question down, I was like, are we like, are we bad at like showing our brand? Like, obviously we like coffee. <laughs> right? <laughs> obviously we're coffee people. Who asked that? 
Like, who asked that? I don't know. I don't I know, Matthew. It. Take five more minutes to look it up. No, that one's going to be easy <laughs> to find. It's short, and I can make. Okay, I eat my words. Eat my words, Matthew. Oh, here it is. Federico. Oh, as we sit here, I'm drinking Stumptown. Thank you, Federico Grossman. Amazing coffee for both of us. That's the answer. Uh, next question: Who is the first to apologize in an argument? Oh, yes, that is asked by B. Riley Mitchell. Okay, <laughs> who's Who the first think? to apologize? My God, I think I am usually. I think it is. I think it's you. Yes, I knew it. I knew it. Which like, mostly because he's wrong more often. Wow. Oh. No. <laughs> I get frustrated. So you have to apologize for being wrong. I'm like the one that's (laughs) like, okay, like I know I messed up here. My tone was bad. I shouldn't help. I wasn't saying nice things. Um, My attitude's bad, which it typically is. So yeah, I can. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And yes. And then I'm like, but you also (laughs) hurt me and you did something wrong. And you're like, no, I didn't do anything wrong. And I'm like, stop being so defensive. And you're like, who can relate? Who can relate? I think, I think, I think the thing that like boggles my mind is just when I'm explaining something and I'm like explaining in a mildly like frustrated tone, Matthew's like, well, you're being mean. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't explain what I'm frustrated about with in like, a happy song for you. Like I'm like when I'm talking, it's going to sound a little irritated. And he's just like, well, you're being mean. (laughs) I was like, that is not helpful at all. Like you don't need to do a sing song for me. All you have to do is not be a jerk. Oh my God. A little attitude goes a long way. A little attitude goes a long way, especially when you're Uh, here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Great. Well, I think we both agree that Matthew um, is the first to apologize because Matthew is more frequently wrong. Okay. (laughs) My God. My God. Okay, next question. Do either of you play a musical instrument? If so, which one? If not, what do you wish you could play? I do piano, um, but I don't play very often. Uh, I took lessons for like six or seven years when I was little, forgot most of it. Um, but I do have like a few songs in muscle memory that I can pull out at any time. Put me in a party situation, give me a piano and I'll play chopsticks. Or give his dad two to three glasses of wine and he will just beg Matthew to play the piano. <laughs> yeah, he will make me play. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> my favorite part about Bob drinking wine. <laughs> Um, I learned piano like as a kid, but for some reason it was like very emotional. Like I would just like come home crying. <gasps> I, I think it was like the perfectionist in me that I was like, I can't, I can't do this perfect. And so now my soul is crushed because like, I'm not immediately good at this. Oh um, my God. I feel it, like that had to be so what it was for you. I like Oh my God. I had like three different piano teachers because I would just come home just like in shambles. I think it's just because they were like, no, you need to do it this way. And I was like, that's not okay. I'm great at everything all the time. So no, you're wrong. And I'm right. I don't know. I have no idea. Wow. Um, that pattern. Kind but of then I quit. Confused. 
And then in middle school, <laughs> I played trumpet for like two me? years. You just ignored me and then completely moved <laughs> yes. on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, then I learned trumpet uh, in middle school and I played that for like two years. And then I wanted to be well, on the drum line in high school. In so then I moved to the per- percussion. I know. I yeah. need to like do like some sort of like deep clean and then like give that give that to like one of my nieces or nephews or something. Like I'm never going to play oh, that yeah. thing again. Yeah. Um, I would like to see you try. But then I started playing like percussion. Exercise. <laughs> I did like a couple of years ago at Christmas. Oh, yeah. I, like. I remember that. I mean, like I kind of know what Ooh. to do, but it's not pretty. It's just like it sounds like a it sounds like a seventh grade version of trumpet playing and then i played percussion in high school and i did drumline in high school i did drumline in college and i did one year of drum corps um all this was just like drumline percussion based um if i could i would love to like have the ability to just play the piano like sit down and just go like i wish i had that ability but i don't or like listen to a song and then like like know how to play it yeah, like that would be a dream, but I cried at piano lessons, so I cannot oh, do that even today. I learned something new during this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> a couple more. Who cooks and what's the signature dish? Oh, I feel like I've answered this before. I cook definitely. I love to cook a good. What's your signature stir dish? Fry. Stir fry with whatever ingredients we have. I love, like, I just cut up vegetables. Yep. I put in some sauces. I get a lot of different, like, just sauces in the fridge and in the cupboard that I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. put a little bit of this, put a little bit of that, put a little bit of this, put a little bit of that. Spices all mixed together. Um, it's like if I'm putting Mexican, South American spices all in together, then it's going to be some kind of fajita stir fry. <laughs> and I'm putting soy and sauce. And I just come home and I say, thank you so much for cooking yeah and i eat it love it okay next question what is your biggest pet peeve oh i can answer this for you yeah you can go ahead you got it matthew's biggest pet peeve is anybody chewing anything crunchy within 300 feet of him Mm -hmm. 300 feet oh yeah Yeah. i think misophonia is actually genetic yeah no because neither of your parents have it Right. I know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe a grandparent had it. Maybe it skips generations. I just saw something come up on 23andMe. So, you you know, it could be. It could be something. Oh, I don't know. Don't blame me. Blame my ancestors. Uh, I think it's growing up as the youngest child or in a, like, low sibling environment where wow. your life is quieter because mm. my life was just always noisy. And so I learned to like block things out. Uh, that's true. Michael growing up with seven siblings. Even at it's chaos. Yeah. Even at work this week, somebody was having a conversation like right here. And I was like writing a note. And they were like, sorry, you're probably like trying to concentrate. And I was like, I literally have no idea what you were saying. I completely <sighs> like blocked you out. <laughs> oh my God. When I, I worked for this nonprofit a long time ago <laughs> and I was editing photos on my computer and the person who sat in the desk right across, like the desks would face each other and they would share like the fronts of the desks. They were pushed together. And like, I had my computer there. He had his computer on the other side of it. And every time he would like take a walk during lunch break and then he would come back with lunch 
and he would eat his entire crunchy, slurpy, disgusting lunch all right there in front of me. And it was like he chewed with his mouth open. So it was just like this for like 30 minutes straight every day. I wanted to die. Yikes. I couldn't do it. If I'm in like a completely silent room and somebody is eating next to me, because this has happened before, and it is just like slurpy, slurpy, smacky, smacky, crunchy, crunchy. And there is a way that they could like minimize that. I'm like, I don't know if it's because I'm married to you and we've been together for like nine years. So I'm like, running I think a little bit. maybe I'm just noticing it more because I'm, I'm constantly being told to like go somewhere else <laughs> to chew my food <laughs> or um i'm like constantly aware that like the minute i i bite into this apple matthew's gonna look at me with like the stare of death mm-hmm. and like tell like ask me why i'm doing what i'm doing and i'm like, like because why i need to eat food and i need sustenance like why are you even eating like why do you even eat why don't you just like drink water breathe air yeah <laughs> seriously I'm but yeah it's you. that when it's so silent, then I'm like, and that's yeah. the only thing I can hear. Then I'm like, okay, no good, no good. Um, what is my pet peeve? Your pet peeve is oh, um, mess, any mess, things, dirt, dirt everywhere, yeah. just things looking out of place. Um, even when things are really, really clean and super organized, they need to be cleaner and more organized to the way that you or your brain prefers it at that time and space i also sometimes like fall into the trap of like i think we both do actually fall into the trap of like asking somebody to do something and then they like kind of do it but they don't do it the way that you're expecting it oh yeah and then you're like hmm why didn't you do it the way that i was expecting you to do it because we both get really busy and we get overwhelmed and we think we think i don't have time to do this but i need it to be done for my sanity so i'm just going to ask this other person to do it and hope that they do it to exactly what I'm imagining in my mind. And it's like, no, it doesn't work like that. It's hard. It doesn't work like that, unfortunately. Um, But yeah, I think also like if I'm at work for like three days straight and then I come home and like you haven't scooped the litter box like once in three days and I'm like, I have to come home from work and now I, I have to do that. That's my pet peeve. Because you scooped the litter box once for the cat that you wanted. Yeah. I, I will say, like, things like that <laughs> when you do them consistently and it, it becomes a thing where I'm like, that's just one of the chores that Michael takes care of. And I, I think about Michael it. Michael takes the garbage out. Michael feeds the dog. Michael feeds the cat. Michael scoops the litter box. Oh, Michael will sweep. Michael, Michael will organize. Michael, does not Michael take will make the bed. Out. I take the garbage out all the time. <laughs> I cook. You do. You do. I clean. I worship you. <laughs> okay. Cinderella, Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> one last question. Um, this one's just going to be a little bit more like serious, I guess, or just like sincere, maybe. Um, how do you deal with darker days? Oh, man. Okay. So I, that's a tough question. It's a tough question. I mean, I think it's because darker days are just like hard to get through. Yeah. Um, I think that, I mean, 
depending on how old you are and how much life you've lived, I try and reflect on the fact that like there are times in my life where I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to get through this? Like, how is this ever going to like resolve? But then in some way, shape or form, it always does and it always has. So I kind of put faith in the, in the, in the fact that like this can't last forever, right? Like I'm 30 some years old right now. It's really stressful to go through surrogacy. It takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of money, a lot of energy. It's not going to last forever. We're going to get to the end of the tunnel at some point. Right. Um, and just right now we're, we're in it and not saying that like we're feeling dark during this journey. I just think like sometimes you get, you feel really overwhelmed. Um, and it honestly just like takes time for you to like process and think and like give yourself time and space to do those things. And I get um, really overwhelmed. I think sleep life in general. Life in general, yeah. Yeah. One thing that I like have to do mindset wise is uh when when it's a super dark day, I'm like, oh my God, I gotta take this one hour at a time or one day at a time. And I have to try to do something that is at least going to get me out of my headspace or my negative headspace. On these darker days, it's very easy to fall into thinking errors. So um, talking about it with somebody close to me, like Michael or my mom or a good friend who I trust and will understand me and not judge me. um, Those types of things are helpful just to like reflect off of my own feelings and kind of get that off my chest and then um being able to try to identify thinking errors like am i ignoring the good and focusing on these bad things um am i projecting feelings into a reality that doesn't really exist am i um extrapolating something or magnifying something that is not fun or a bad situation and i'm magnifying it into something much bigger um it's very easy to fall into those and that can make a bad day seem like your worst day. So I think for me, focusing on that's one big thing. And the other one is taking a walk. <laughs> Just take a beat. Take a breather. <laughs> Go for a walk. A stupid mental health walk for my stupid mental health. <laughs> exactly. That's like so big. And also yeah. don't forget to eat and drink Honestly, water. Sleep. Breathe. <clears throat> mm all those things <laughs> they actually help i think uh, yeah i think it's i think it's good to like reflect on how have you taken care of yourself recently like did have i been eating well have i been sleeping well have i been exercising have i been you know like doing things that would just put my body in a good position um cuz i feel completely different like before like if i've gone for a long time if we were like traveling um and I'm just like getting exhausted. Like if I can just sleep and then go to the gym and like get back on like this routine, like my body, my mind, my everything just feels like completely different. And I'm not like a huge, like I'm not somebody who goes to the gym like every day. I'm not like a big fitness Instagram person. I'm just like the endorphins and the moving of your body and just like the physiology of all of that is so important, I think. And it just really completely is. puts me yeah, in a whole new headspace. Yeah. So that's what I do. Love. Okay. We did it. Um, this was fun. I would love to do another q and I think we need point. to do another so Q&A. You, and we need more like surrogacy specific yeah. questions. 
answer to surrogacy, adoption, foster to adopt, all that non-traditional past parenthood. This one was kind of like um right and a potpourri, a potpourri like of a, questions. A potpourri. Yeah. So I would say like if you ever come up with a question, even not surrogacy related, surrogacy related, blah, blah, blah. Um, send it to the who's your daddy pod at gmail.com. And then we will just like constantly keep a a list of questions that we get and we will compile them for a future episode. So please ask us all your burning questions, even if they're not surrogacy related, but specifically if they are surrogacy related, that would be awesome. Let me pull up a review because last time I said that I would do a review review, and so I need to. This is perfect timing too just now getting dark in New York City. So like the camera angle over here is just a mess, like the camera lighting situation and we're, we're in good timing. So go ahead, read that review. Okay, here we go. Title, new favorite podcast. Oh, I absolutely love Who's Your Daddy's podcast. This show brings such a refreshing and unique perspective to the world of parenting and fatherhood. Matt and Michael are genuine and have insightful discussions, create an engaging atmosphere that keeps me coming back for more. Each episode is a delightful blend of humor, heartwarming stories, and practical things when starting a family as a gay couple. Whether you're a parent about to become one or just interested in hearing real-life experiences and valuable tips, this podcast is an absolute must-listen. Kudos to the host for delivering such an entertaining and informative show. We are also going through the same thing. We are a couple of months apart in our journey. Wow. You write my, like, oh my god, or something? Jeez. I, that is, like... So that is, like... I didn't prepare uh, like uh, first. And so I just opened the podcast app on my computer and that was like the the (laughs) one at the beginning. And and holy moly, (laughs) that was like, that needs to be the bio of the the podcast. We should have had this person write like, oh my God. Okay. Um, Well, this, uh, this episode wasn't, um, entirely uh surrogacy focused but i think it's always fun to just kind of like give you a little give you a little something else you know so, i don't like there we go in our lives Switch it up. who is talking to you on this podcast <laughs> a little bit about yeah. us. <laughs> also we've lived some life like i think we get a lot of we get a lot of questions from people just about like lgbtq things in general so yeah, um, i always think that that's um good to talk about so um yeah. Well, what's what's next for you in New York? <laughs> so my friend Mitch, Mitch just got there. Just just flew in. Yeah, I just got him an Uber um, or a Lyft. Hilarious during this podcast while we were talking and trying to get stuff done. I'm like, or trying to answer questions. I'm like <laughs> hurriedly trying to order him a Lyft car from Newark all the way to Manhattan mm-hmm. and tell him what car to look out for. Blah blah blah. He's rushing from baggage claim all the way up and trying to find it. Couldn't find the car. I'm like, it's behind the crosswalk. It's like, how do I know this? I'm all the way in Manhattan telling him how to get his lift in Newark. And then he, so now he's on his way over here. We're going to go get ramen once he gets here. And then we're going to go see Kim Petras in concert with my friend Kevin and Carl Nassib and his boyfriend. So, yeah. <laughs> do you ever have days where you're just like, what is life? Wow. Yeah. Just a New York life. New York that minute. Is wild. Um, how are you going to Campetris with Carl Nassib? I don't understand. I don't know. It's New York. Crazy things happen. Sometimes I'm just like, what? What is life? Why is this happening? 
how. Uh, yeah, my friend Kevin called and he's like, hey, do you want to go? And I'm like, I need photos. Sure. <laughs> oh, Kevin. Yeah, That's Kevin. the connection. Kevin knows everyone. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Tell him hi. I will. I'll give him a big hug for you. Uh, love him. Okay, perfect. Okay. I'm going to let you go because obviously you're very busy. So important. You're in New York, living your life, doing all the things. And I'm going to be here editing this podcast. <laughs> I love you so much. Doing all the things. Uh, love you too. Um, thank you everybody for listening. As always, if you can leave a rating or a gorgeous review like the one that we just read um, on Apple Podcasts, that would be amazing. Even leave a question in the review if you want. Oh yeah, you can leave a question in the reviews and I will do a better job of looking at those ahead of time. And as always, have a wonderful, wonderful day. And until next time, daddy's out. out. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.